Welcome to another episode. I am V, and this is the Sussex Set. Thank you for coming back as always and rocking with me for yet another episode. Let me start by wishing everyone a happy new year. Uh, We are already halfway through January, God, of uh, the new year. And, you know, I I hope everybody's just doing their thing, happy, healthy, and, you know, on their road to hitting their marks. And as always, I hope this year is better than the last. As far as the Sussexes go, we saw a lot of great things happening for them in 2021 and we know that there are a lot of awesome things projects uh that they're bringing us this year we know the invictus games is in may that's really just right around the corner uh that'll be right before lily turns one god time time waits for nobody (laughs) but uh yeah so in may in the hague uh the invictus games will be kicking off for the first time since before the pandemic began and we also have heart of invictus which will drop on netflix i'm assuming around that time um and then we have pearl which i don't know if they revealed what what month or you know even season pearl will come out uh, or a girl named pearl i think that's a working title but that's also on netflix uh coming from megan as well as harry's memoir God, there's so many things popping off this year. But this episode comes on the heels of the world once again getting reacquainted with the hypocrisy of just a few institutions uh, over there in England. We saw where Ghislaine Maxwell lost her trial. Yay for that. Uh, As she should. And how once she lost that trial, pretty much everyone's attention turned to the royal family and Andrew uh, and the queen by extension because she's paying for Andrew's defense. And I'm assuming, you know, assuming that he loses, she's going to be paying for the damages or really the taxpayers will be paying for the damages. Um, So this episode comes on the heels of that. And just to remind the girls that we saw quite a few things. Well, you know, a few photos were quite revealing um, when it comes to the cozy relationship between Andrew and not just Ghislaine Maxwell, but Epstein. Uh, And, you know, the big thing was the pictures where we saw Ghislaine and, and Jeffrey Epstein at Balmoral in the Queen's cabin and having the picture of the Queen juxtaposed right next to it as proof that, yeah, these people were there. I mean, we saw (laughs) images of Ghislaine and Jeffrey. Oh, no, it was Ghislaine and um, was it Kevin Spacey? I can't remember who, but it was somebody. They were sitting on the Queen's thrones, you know, the the red thrones and all of that. Um, There's really no hiding the coziness uh, and the access that a predator such as Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein have had uh, in royal venues and, you know, just having that general proximity to the royal family. That's no surprise, though, either when you think about just historically how common that is. I know my uh, England girls will know far more than I will. But, for example, Prince Charles was 
said to be quite cozy with Jimmy Savile, who abused an untold number of children, uh, as well as Church of England Bishop, disgraced Church of England Bishop, uh, Peter Ball, going all the way back to Lord Mountbatten, who was assassinated. The FBI <laughs> uncovered the fact that he and his wife, uh, as well as a few other folks in his circle, were very much into young boys. Uh, and, and so there's that abuse. And there's, I mean, the list goes on and on. And that, trust me, is just scratching the surface. Now, that's not necessarily to implicate Charles or say that, you know, he did what Andrew did, which was, you know, as we're seeing, <laughs> he's alleged to have slept with at least one minor, uh, but probably multiple. Um, not saying that that is the case with Charles, but what my point is is, is that, there seems to be a high tolerance for those types of characters uh, in and around the royal family. These are people that have been, until they were, you know, found out, celebrated. You see how long it took the queen to take away anything from Andrew. And it wasn't until brass from, like, the actual military wrote a letter and had two or three pages of signatures that forced the queen's hand to remove titles from Andrew. Um, what I think people are seeing is that, and, and we're talking about non-England or English conservatives, just people who just look on on the royal family and, you know, just see what they get up to. They're seeing just how hypocritical, given that what happened with Harry and Meghan and their exit from England was during this same pandemic that we're all in. Um, People see the hypocrisy that the queen is just steeped in like it's no problem. People love to say the gray men. People love to say the institution and all the strings that are being pulled and how little say she has. But when it comes to her baby boy, queen got a lot of say. I don't know if y'all remember. I know y'all do. But for just a random person that comes across this video, remember when they suicided Epstein because I still don't think that he did. Like, just like we're talking about the royal family and all these powerful people being surrounded by all these weirdos and pedophiles and freaks and things like that. There was a lot of them over here in America. There a lot, a lot of very powerful people uh, in that book. You know, a lot of very, and not to say that, it, you know, any and everybody who flew on the plane, for example, was involved in that. But there are a lot of people who were quite cozy. That's, I mean... The actual tea is that's why Bill and Melinda are getting a divorce if it's not already finalized because of Bill Gates' association with Jeffrey Epstein. There's a lot of people, right? But the queen is supposed to be held to a higher standard. The day after Epstein was suicided, who who do we see grinning? like a Cheshire cat. Oh, like nothing had happened. Oh, they were so happy about it. And I found that just, I mean, as, as gross of a guy as Epstein was, I thought that was so distasteful just because, just because it was news that everybody, everybody knew why they were smiling and they didn't care. You know, it was distasteful because of the type of people that they projected themselves as just unabashedly. Uh, they were leaving church. Ironic, right? Uh, the queen, you know, when she had a little bit more padding in her face. I mean, it's true. 
But anyway, <laughs> Queen and Andrew were in, uh, you know, her car, and that was that's supposed to be whoever she lets ride with her. That's who she's giving favor to, and you know, it's no secret that he is her favorite child. Uh, just laughing, girl. It was like they had a comedian in the back seat or something because they were both grinning, and um. This was literally hours after news uh, of Epstein's death. That to me and to a lot of us and to a lot of you, that said, oh, he did it. He definitely did it. Um, Because there's no reason why you would be that happy. And at this time, Ghislaine Maxwell was still kind of like on the loose. Nobody knew where she was. And it was still months before she was actually arrested. So... This guy, he was really just super excited about the fact that he thought that he just got off because this dude is dead. And I'm sure a lot of people, Alan Greenspan, girl, probably Bill Clinton, all kinds of people were just probably grinning the same way. But we just happened to catch his in public. Fast forward to now where Ghislaine has now been found guilty. And, you know, even before that verdict was read, everybody then looked over to England and had to be reminded that the same queen that, that they love to call as the nation's grandmother. She supported this man the whole time. While on the other side of that coin, we saw Harry and Meghan literally running for their lives in a lot of ways, not getting that support, only getting these, you know, statements like, oh, well, they're always going to be trusted members of the royal family, but not giving them any other assurance that they would be protected then we see how quickly she jumps to protect someone who has done something that is really one of the worst things that a person can do. And in the entire time up to this point, the queen has not been swayed one bit by it. I think that has been on display for the world. And even though she might've taken the titles back and, you know, the military honors back and the patronages and all of that, he still has the security that's costing $2 million per year of taxpayer money. And that's per year. Frogmore only costs like 2.4 million pounds of taxpayer money. And that was just a one-time purchase. But you don't hear the same types of sort of demands being made of Prince Andrew. Uh, You don't hear the same outrage in the tabloids and in the media about the fact that they are to the tune of millions per year uh, still supporting the lifestyle of a pedophile, alleged pedophile. But we can go ahead and say, girl, because you on trial now, you're probably going to be found guilty, at least in civil court. You know, you're going to be found liable. So throughout this time, people love to drag Harry and Meghan's name into it and saying, oh, look at, look at how, how, how bad the queen has had it. You know, she lost her husband and, oh, Harry and Meghan are just not giving her any break. She signed up to be a team player with a pedophile. She is not a victim, right? So if she has the wherewithal to do that, then certainly she would have the wherewithal to say, you know, I'm going to protect my son, even though it's really fucked up. I'm also going to protect my grandson, though, because he's in the line of succession. As as a matter of fact, he's far ahead of my own son in that line of succession. Nope. She has the power, but, you know, she doesn't want to do that. I don't care what the hell Harry says about his granny. God bless. I love mine, too. But my granny, the queen, 
My granny ain't got all the kind of pull that the Queen of England has. My granny hates pedophiles. And that's just that. So I think people are coming to the conclusion that whatever is happening under her nose, she knows about. And whatever has happened, she's complicit in by default. Because you can't play dumb as queen and completely ignore one scandal and then literally invest in the other, like throwing money at the other. You just cannot do it, especially when the lesser scandal, if you can call it that, Harry and Meghan actually making their own life generated far more headlines. You can't, you can't ignore it and you can't pretend that you didn't freaking know. And then following the removal of Andrew's titles and, you know, appointments and things like that, you have this very weird, almost, almost funny, but if it weren't so sad, it would be funny. You would, you have all of this like jockeying for credit from William. First it was, oh, William, William, you know, he, he played a hand and, advising the queen on taking taking those titles away that does not look good even if that was the truth which I don't think it is I just think it's his PR and his team trying to um as they do you know try to assign credit where it's not actually due um I think if I'm going to give anybody credit it's to those uh folks who wrote that letter that public letter and shamed the queen right but Kensington Palace, you know, I guess that's just what you do when you're you're in a nest of vipers. You you uh, take what you can and you just, you know, try to grab selfishly any headline that you can uh, and try to make yourself look like the hero. Then the next day, here comes Charles's PR coming out and doing the same thing and saying, oh, well, I advise a queen. And um, that I would believe more than than will just because Charles is the next in line. Uh, and this is a scandal for them all. Make no mistake. Right. But like you taking credit, let's just say that somebody else, you know, in the royal family next in the line of succession did actually advise the queen. Motherfucker, what took you so long? Because it didn't take it didn't take y'all no time to take Harry's appointments, military appointments. This is somebody who served for years in the military. Right. On the front lines in a war. Like it didn't take. It didn't take any time for y'all to be petty and spiteful uh, to take his appointments to, you know, remove Megan from those patronages. It took embarrassment, though, for y'all to remove anything from Andrew. Both Harry and Andrew are blood. So and again, Harry is higher up in the line of succession. And Harry never molested any children. This is who these people are. They're petty, they're spiteful, and again, they have a high tolerance for all kinds of egregious behavior. But yeah, sure, now that the thing has happened and the titles have actually been taken away and uh, all of that, yeah, we see Will and Charles jockeying for position. And as we've really seen since since Harry's uh, announcement of his memoir, Clarence House and KP are basically at each other's throats. Um, fighting for positive headlines. And that's when they're not throwing Raggedy Ann out there to take glamour shots, right? And real quick, speaking of those photos, shout out to Tish Talking Man because she said, 
I came across this TikTok and now I can't unsee it. That she was set up to look like Rose in those pictures. In the glamour shots. While the nation has no food on its shelves and its stores, she's giving you three new pictures for the portrait gallery. She looked like, well, she doesn't look like Rose, but she's she she looks similar to Rose in those very highly photoshopped uh, photos. I digress, honey, but it couldn't be me. It couldn't be me. You feel me? But hey, doormats do what doormats do. And so that basically brings us to where we are right now, which is what this episode will be primarily about. So I first come across this tweet from the PA Twitter feed, which reads, Breaking, the Duke of Sussex has applied for a judicial review of a home office decision not to allow him to personally pay for police protection for himself and his family when they are in the UK, a legal representative said. And so I'm like, we we really haven't had any news from Harry and Meghan. So I kind of sat up. I was just like, security, what? Sussex family in the UK? Huh? So I investigated a little bit more as we all did. And come to find out, as Harry and his team said for themselves, in yet another instance where Harry and Meghan and their team and their lawyers have had to release statements to either get ahead or or at least to get a jump on controlling this narrative that the tabloids, in this case, the Daily Fail, has decided to run with. And specifically after a leak, mind you, that's what they do. Somebody leaks to the tabloids and I hope that it comes out who leaked to the tabloids by hook or by crook. It's going to come out. Uh, this information here, especially as it pertains to the security of a family um they they get briefed and they run with the story now the daily mail somehow breaking this story or any aspect of the story they want to be able to break anything because they have a vendetta against this family and especially against megan they have made it their mission to try to capitalize and make as much money as they can off of the Sussexes, but as well to turn as many people as they can. And, and uh, you know, Daily Mail readers, I mean, they're, they're kind of conservative anyway. Um, I'm not going to say what I was about to say, but um, this is a tabloid that lost very publicly to a black woman. And they, they want to be able to get in as many punches as they can in perpetuity. So as what happens in these situations, actual journalists and actual news outlets begin to ask questions about this new bit of news that's coming out of this this tabloid. And then we get the truth when Harry and his legal team finally um, release their statement, giving the full context. So it has to be stated up front that this is nothing but a ploy to draw the attention away from what I started this episode talking about, which is pedo Andrew and the fact that the taxpayers are still paying for Andrew security for his upkeep at the Royal lodge. And the queen is basically footing the, well, the taxpayers are footing the bill, but the queen is um, obviously authorizing it. And that, you know, Andrew has just, 
absolutely shamed in as much as they can be shamed because they have no shame, but shame the royal family, shame the queen, and Harry and Meghan are quiet, right, up until yesterday or this weekend where this news comes out about Harry's concerns over his security and the safety of his family in the UK. Harry and Meghan have been very quiet. And as they say, the silence is loud. It's loud. They, they're letting the royal family get all of the attention that they wanted. So um, in comes the Daily Fail to release this headline, this absurd headline, which is so far from the actual truth. Uh, and of course, turns people's attention away from Andrew, at least momentarily, uh, to then knowingly mislead. And I think, you know, readers that read the Daily Mail and folks who just, they just can't wait to pile on Harry and Meghan, they know they're being misled. And they, they like the idea of being misled because they can buy into the narrative that fits their worldview. These are people who would probably rather die than fact check, okay? And cognitive dissonance doesn't deter them one bit. Well, the article headline is like perfect red meat for these dogs. Uh, basically saying Harry wants to come back to the UK uh, and he's demanding his security back and, you know, police protection because his family isn't safe with just their regular security. Red meat. You know, Harry's taking legal action against his own government because of security. And it's when we get Harry's statement that we see the full context of the the topic and that then the world's media begins to cover the topic more accurately. And it turns out what actually happened was Prince Harry applied for a judicial review of home office's decision to not allow him to personally pay for police protection for him and for his family while they are in the UK. And Prince Harry's legal team laid out the full context for why this was a story to begin with, talking about how he inherited risk at birth, just being born into the royal family. He served in Afghanistan. He's a high-profile member of the royal family, whether he's living in England or not. I mean, he's still the most popular member of the royal family, uh, that he's been the target of neo-Nazi threats against his life as well as Meghan's life. Uh, and he's still in line for the throne. And not just Harry, but also his two children. But the rest of the statement reads in part, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex personally fund a private security team for their family, yet that security cannot replicate the necessary police protection needed while in the UK. In the absence of such protection, Prince Harry and his family are unable to return to his home. The Duke first offered to pay personally for UK police protection for himself and his family in January of 2020 at Sandringham. The offer was dismissed. Hmm, wonder why that is. And I will come back to that. But it continues, he remains willing to cover the cost of security as not to impose on the British taxpayer. As is widely known, others who have left public office and have an inherent threat risk receive police protection at no cost to them. So he's saying there are people who have a threat risk nowhere near the level that I have, and yet they get UK police protection 
for free and I'm willing to pay. And they still told him no. The statement continues, the goal for Prince Harry has been simple, to ensure the safety of himself and his family while in the UK so his children can know his home country. During the last visit to the UK in July of 2021 to unveil a statue in honor of his late mother, his security was compromised due to the absence of police protection while leaving a charity event. And we know that was the well child event where uh, there was the well child awards that was being held outside. And I believe, I actually think I remember seeing some paparazzi pictures of Harry. He was in the, he was in the car. Um, and I think that's where I first saw a picture of his security and what they look like. So that is a threat, but the statement continues after another attempt at negotiations was also rejected he sought a judicial review in September of 2021 to challenge the decision-making behind the security procedures in the hopes that this could be reevaluated for the obvious and necessary protection required. The UK will always be Prince Harry's home and a country he wants his wife and children to be safe in. With the lack of police protection comes too great a personal risk. Prince Harry hopes that his petition, after close to two years of pleas for security in the UK, will resolve the situation. It is due to a leak in a UK tabloid with surreptitious timing, we feel it necessary to release a statement setting the facts straight. So basically that statement tells you all you need to know about the situation. A couple of things. January of 2020, if you recall, was when Harry and Meghan made the announcement, another big story was leaked uh, out of The Sun after someone in the royal family asked Harry and Meghan, Harry in particular, to put what they wanted or they envisioned their future looking like uh, as a royal. Harry didn't want to write it down. He wrote it down, though. And what do you know? It was leaked. And so then Harry and Meghan had to rush out on their website. I believe it's even still up saying, hey, this is what we envision." And this is how we plan to make this work. We want to carve out a new progressive role. Basically saying we're leaving. We're leaving the royal family. But, you know, we'll offer half in, half out. That was rejected. That's neither here nor there. Uh, But again, it's a pattern. It's this pattern that we just keep seeing over and over again. So somebody leaked that just like somebody leaked this to a UK tabloid. And I love that he made mention of it because people need to know. People need to know what this machinery looks like. But January 2020, they came back from, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's break in North America, that six week break and quote unquote six week break. And they came back to the Canada house, you know, and everybody just assumed, all right, we're back on girls. It's time to tell some more lies about Harry and Meghan. The next day was when they announced that they were leaving. And then there was, you know, the Sandringham Summit, you know, for months and months and months. That was all that people talked about uh, was Sandringham. And what he's saying is that they offered to pay for security because by this time, which we didn't know, their security had been cut by Charles. It had been cut. But Megan hopped on the plane the next day to go back because Archie never came back. 
Archie never came. Archie hasn't set foot in England since they left in November of 2019. Y'all understand? Archie has spent the entire pandemic in North America. Um, however, in hindsight, it looks like Megan was okay to stay to support Harry during this whole negotiation thing that was, that was happening. When it was decided that she wouldn't have security and they wouldn't have security, Megan, Megan dipped. It's like, I'm out. Like, I'm not going to stay here. And I'm, 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 I'm assuming that Harry wouldn't want her there, given the fact that she didn't have the same security as all of the other royals who were right there with them. So uh, they left. Well, Megan left. And then Harry left shortly thereafter before they both came back in March later that year. It also makes sense that for more than a few reasons, it makes sense that when Philip died, Harry came and Harry left. He left. You know, he didn't stay anytime. <laughs> uh, and then same for the Diana statue unveiling. Harry showed up. He went to the Well Child Awards. He went to the unveiling of the statue. And then he dipped. Like, he, he was gone. If he's not going to have adequate protection, what reason would he have to stay there anyway? Um, also, I mean, the relationships aren't that great um according to what i'm able to see but listen i'm i'm so far on the outside just as everybody else is i don't really know the tea but i do know what i read in these papers and where the overlap is and harry and megan were bullied outside of the royal family or bullied out of the royal family bullied out of england i should say uh that it became so untenable that they couldn't actually stay around and why would they when they could be doing all those other great stuff which are, they're currently doing um so I wouldn't want to stick around those people either but when you add the layer that his security had already uh it had been compromised at least from when they were there he was there in July and that it was made clear that even though he offered to pay for like adequate security while he's there in England, that that was, that was dismissed. Why would he stay? Right. It's really shedding a lot of light on a lot of things. Another thing, just as recent as four months ago in September of 2021, Prince Harry sought a review as it stated to challenge the decision-making behind the security procedures. This is after his original petition had been rejected. Maybe petition isn't the, the best word, but where he offered to pay for the police protection uh, of his family. And mind you, this is before the Netflix deal. This is before Spotify. This is before then. He was offering to pay for it then, and it was dismissed. So fast forward to now, January of 2022, it it is two years later uh, and it's still something that is important enough for him that his family his children and his wife feel safe in his home country now I'm not Harry but I can't judge him for wanting his children to also have that part of their culture 
if you're from a different culture, uh, even if it's within the same country, as your partner and you have kids, both parents want to show them a little bit of how they grew up, a little bit of, you know, what their respective culture has to offer and why it's important to them. He has the right to do that. And not even just that, but in terms of business, the pandemic is not going to be forever. He has the right to be able to bring his family to England while he's on business, while Megan is also on business and to be able to be there freely. What if he wants to bring the Invictus Games back to London? I would imagine London is a city where the Invictus Games over time is going to occur in London on a recurring basis. That's where the very first one was held. That's where it was founded. So I can't judge Harry for wanting his children to feel safe. Archie, after all, was born there uh, in, in his home country. It is easy to say, well, just don't go. And I mean, quite simply, they said that we're not going to go. And the reason why his security can't, you know, it's not, it's easily compromised as opposed to, you know, UK police is because they don't have guns. And we're talking about people who have had threats made against their lives. I think like two or three people have been arrested. You still have trolls on Twitter asking, you know, trying to find out what Harry and Megan's American address is. Um, folks talking about they're going to throw tomatoes, you know, Yankee Wally, Wally Yankee, whatever her fucking name is. Tell me she's going to throw tomatoes and shit like that. Listen, if any one of Harry and Megan's critics were actually in Harry and Megan's shoes, See, because when trolls get doxxed, they go, they go on Twitter and they cry about it, right? It's illegal for a reason, because you feel unsafe. But when we're talking about folks who are saying that they, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't have left the royal family. Oh, well, you know, you made your bed. Now you got to deal with the consequences. Those two are not the same things. So whether you're a tabloid writer, whether you're a critic troll uh, a Twitter uh, troll or critic, whether you are a member of the royal family and a critic in that way, any one of those people in Harry and Meghan's position would be requiring the same thing if they love their family. And the thing is, the boy's offering to pay. He's offering to pay and that's still being dismissed. So then more questions, new questions, darker questions have to be asked. Why can't this person who used to have, you know, UK police protection every day of his life, when he's offering to pay for that, why can't he have that? He's not just some famous person. You know, he's not Harry Styles. He's Prince Harry. He's the Queen's grandson. And as he said, there are people who have this same protection for life, for free. But he's been told no. Why is that? Like, do you want him to feel unsafe? Do you want him to be unsafe? Because a lot of people are asking. And that's what the, really the best thing about this whole story is that now everybody's looking at it. For two years, we didn't even know that this took place. We didn't even know all of this was, under, uh, you know, happening under the surface. We just knew Harry was just going to England and dipping, going to England and dipping. 
the next day or the next two days after. But now it all makes sense. And so the questions are being asked. Do you as you as in the royal family or the tabloids, of course, the tabloids, but do they want their security to be compromised? Do they want to be able to surround them the way that they did Diana when Diana's uh, HRH and all of that was removed? You know, following her in the elevator and shit like that. Like, do do you want something to happen to them? And that's another thing. A lot of Diana parallels are coming out. A lot of people who watch the interview as well are making comparisons to what Diana experienced up until her death and what it seems like they're trying to set up. That's what makes it oh so sinister. Because it's like they're trying to set it up. You know, it's like they're looking into the future and saying, hey, if this, then this. And if we deny him that, then this is a possibility. Then this could happen. That's what it feels like. And then when you add in all of the vitriol that's just been steering and steering and steering, whether it's, you know, through the court cases that Megan's had, whether it's through, you know, the the Cambridges and their folks allegedly spreading all types of bullshit in in the press about Harry and Megan, um, about Megan in particular, just trying to just absolutely sour the average person who reads this shit against Harry and Megan. Um, it's like they're trying to create this perfect storm, you know, this toxic mix of things and events so that when they finally do come back as a, as a family, some wild or some, 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 something crazy happens. And I'm not predicting that. And God knows I don't want that, but it seems as though folks are trying to set that up. Whereas when we look at Harry, he's trying to prevent that. He's already gone on record more than once since he's been married to say, I'm trying to keep history from repeating itself. And then you look back to when he talked to Tom Bradby in South Africa, the Harry and Megan in Africa, uh, you know, documentary special that came on TV. Something that's been recurring, you know, when you look at all of the different Sussex platforms, this is something that always comes up, which is when Harry said to him, if you knew the things that I knew, you'd understand why my energy is what it is. He could have been talking about all kinds of things things that we have no idea that took place. And this has a lot of people thinking back to the Oprah interview. I'm always going to take what Harry and Meghan say at face value because in my view, they don't have a reason to lie, right? Especially about like specifically the things that led up to them making the decision to leave, for example. But things like this, this whole security fiasco, it calls for the average person to take what they remember from the Harry and Meghan interview and assume that everything they said is 100% fact. Because everything that keeps happening to them with regard to their relation to the royal family and the tabloids does nothing but support what they said in the Oprah interview. And I'll even take it one step further. 
We should not only assume that the entire Oprah interview was true, but that all of the events they talked about were rooted in a diabolical series of events of which we barely cracked the surface. The things we know about what has happened so far are mind-blowing. Those are the things we know. Imagine the truth of the things we don't know, some things we may never know. But little by little, more and more is being revealed. Megan told the world, as well as her best friend, we have receipts. While we documented everything that we're talking about, we have no reason to make things up. Harry's memoir is still on the way. Oh my God. I hope he talks about all of this stuff. I don't expect that he's going to allow his memoir to be used as just, you know, all tea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it's still, it's still about his life, but like, this is a big part of his adulthood. This is the biggest challenge he has faced in his life juxtaposed with the deepest, the greatest joys that he would ever experience. Being a parent, he's always wanted to be a dad. Being a dad to a son and a little girl and being absolutely over the moon for this woman that you found who is your partner, like your life partner. You found your one and y'all have this gorgeous family together. But in getting that family, the family you came from, tried to make your life a living hell and not just that but that it's on a world stage and then you went from being like the most loved to the most hated and everybody wants to blame your wife when really it's neither of you it's pettiness bitterness spite jealousy all of those things coming from the people who said they loved you and not only that, but like their friends in the tabloid and their good old friend bigotry, which they can always count on in the people of, of England. Not all of the people in England, but a lot of them. And I was listening to a space not too long ago. Man, shout out to all the, the people who be holding it down in the spaces, man. I mean, I don't I don't jump in there all the time. I mostly like to just go in there and listen. Um, but truly, great conversations are always happening there. So if you're on Twitter... Um, you know, hop into the spaces, man, get into it. But I was in one of the spaces not too long ago and somebody actually mentioned something that, um, you know, we, we know, you know, just historically, but just how the Royal family, they like to eat their own. And I'm so sorry. I, I didn't really catch who it was. I think I just had it on in the house while I was cleaning, but, um, the Royal family, they truly do like to eat their own. And she named, you know, starting with Henry the eighth, and the women that he killed, uh, the wives that he killed, um, with Elizabeth killing her cousin, Mary Queen of Scots. How about the current queen's granddaddy left his own cousin out to dry in Russia? I mean, he wasn't really a great leader in Russia. And I actually talked about this on the podcast quite extensively, this one specific instance of, uh, you know, royals eating their own um but just left the guy the guy asked for asylum in england and he said um nope can't do it and the bolsheviks went in and uh, pretty much killed him and his whole family children included and this is a guy who he grew up with by the way they said they looked like twins 
very, very, very close with them. Nope, you can't come to my country. And, you know, they were just shot down like dogs. It is what it is. But um, that I'm sure that wasn't surprising to people even back then. And that was the early 1900s. And then there was Diana. We know they chewed her up and spit her out. And she was the mother of two heirs. And it wasn't until she found her voice that she was gone. And then we see the same with Harry and Meghan. She went from being silenced, as Oprah said, Megan in particular, to now having a voice and speaking about how she's grateful to have found her voice again. Harry, I don't think Harry's ever felt silenced because Harry's going to, he's going to go up against it if he needs to. Um, that is his family after all. But he's not giving any indication that he's afraid to use his voice. But then every couple of months, we hear something new about how they are trying to put the Sussexes in some kind of a compromising position. And, you know, not even to mention the uh, the disabled family members that they threw away in like the 60s. Right. Um, we're talking about vile people, maybe not all of them individually, but as a group yeah, we're rounding down on that one. We're rounding down. We're rounding down to hell. Um, listen, they want to draw the Sussexes into England in the most compromising position, whatever that means, whatever they can kind of conjure up. Because again, it is not reasonable to think that Harry was never going to come back to England or that every time he was in England, he was going to be alone and his family not be there. That's just not reasonable. So my question is, knowing that when he left, that he would come back at some point, why are they making it so hard for him to even come back to his home country? Because they know how Harry is and they know who he is. They know that he's not going to allow his family to be unsafe. And who am I talking about when I say they? Whoever you think I'm talking about, that's who I'm talking about. Because it's all of them together. Now, the royal family, the institution of the monarchy, they have access to all of these things. They have access to all of the people who would make these decisions about, you know, UK police protection for a person like Harry, for a person like Meghan. They have access to all of these people. So this decision is being made together by them. Harry can only do what he can or what the legal process will allow him to do. But what are they so afraid of? Are they afraid that Harry and Meghan will come back to England and not be hated? Like not be hated by everybody? That they're not going to have somebody throwing things at them and booing them and things like that. I mean, because they've already had people booing them <laughs> when they got out the car uh, for one of their last engagements. Kept on tipping, got the headlines anyway. Megan, somebody came to uh, America during her baby shower. I don't know if y'all remember this. I know that, you know, people talk about somebody showed up to, you know, um, harm Megan while she was pregnant and stab her in the belly because I didn't think she was pregnant or something like that. Uh, and then there was also this, this person, she was British cause she had a British accent. I'm assuming she was British. Um, 
yelling at Megan, talk, talking about how she's a charlatan duchess. Archie hadn't even been born yet. You know, so we keep seeing all of these instances um, where there are concerns. But that that's not going to deter them if they want to go back to England. But that being said, Harry has already stated quite clearly, and we understand this because they've been putting it into practice, they have not been back there. And the primary reason is because they don't feel safe. Now, I personally would love to assume that it is <laughs> that as well as the fact that Megan ain't got shit for England for the rest of her life. But it's not realistic for me to say that about Harry because that is his culture. But um, again, I keep coming back to this question. Just what are they afraid of? And I think if you're the royal family, yeah, you probably should be afraid for Harry and Meghan to come back to England and everybody still prefers them to you. They still prefer Harry and Meghan to Will and Kate, which I'd say is probably factual right now today. Because if these people are paying, paying their way, even paying for their own security, what reason do they need you? What reason do they really need you? Do they need you at all is the real question. But with or without the hypotheticals, Archie and Lilibet are still seventh and eighth in line to the throne. They are still fully in possession of their birthrights. Fully. I happen to think that the majority of the royal family and certainly royalists, they they want Archie and Lily to grow up as American kids and, you know, their parents to not teach them anything about their other side of the family, you know, the good, the good and the bad. They want them to just grow up as American kids and not actually realize that they also, too, come from that, in my personal opinion, fucked up lineage. They do. Listen, they didn't choose. Kids don't choose. But Harry said, my mama didn't put up with y'all's bullshit just for y'all to shun her grandkids. So those children have a right to know England as their father wants to show them. Whatever he wants to show them, whether it's the royal side or not, they have the right to it. I mean, and look, we know the powers that be are mad. They're mad. They're mad they couldn't keep Harry from marrying Meghan in the first place. You know, they're mad that, you know, Meghan didn't take herself out while she was pregnant. They're mad that they couldn't kill Archie. They're mad about it. They're mad that Harry and Meghan debunked all of the lies that had been running for two and three years, vilifying Harry and Meghan. They're mad that people believe it. They're mad that Harry and Meghan got away. I bet they're mad about the fact that when Charles cut their security, Tyler Perry paid for new security. Oh, they're mad, honey. They're mad that Meghan, you know, beat them twice legally. The Associated Papers and, you know, the Mail on Sunday. She took you to court and, and you lost twice. Um, they're mad that they named their daughter after the queen. Which I still think, you know, it is what it is. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was not brought in on that decision. But I had I been, okay, 
I would have advised something differently. But, you know, that's their child. That's his grandma. That's their decision. And again, that's their right. But they're mad. That's just the overall theme here. Since Harry and Meghan became a couple, the family has been mad. And they're maddest about the fact that Harry and Meghan are actually thriving. They went from seeing what it looks like to torture this couple, to torture this family, to hold Megan hostage in the house to where she's not going anywhere for months and months at a time. But yeah, she's on the front page of every paper every day uh, to her. Like, do y'all understand? She like they knew that she was suicidal and did nothing. They knew that she was suicidal and did nothing. But here she is thriving, doing interviews, speaking freely calling y'all not my family but his family and together they're pushing the boundaries of what it looks like to thrive when you leave the context of the royal family not just as someone who's a, a no name that nobody knows and wouldn't recognize in a lineup but we're talking about two of the most recognized names and faces on the planet you thought you could control that But Harry and Meghan continue to push the boundaries for what they see are their rights and their children's rights, which I, I, I'm glad that they're doing. And you best believe they're going to get what they're after, whatever that happens to be. And until then, they're going to be over here safe in America where their security got the Glocks on lock. But in all seriousness, when you look at how easily people are brainwashed these days, how entrenched people are in their politics and beliefs and this blind loyalty they have to institutions like the royal family, uh, like the Republican Party, for example, just blindly loyal. Uh, it's easy to be taken in when you listen to voices that are on the far right who says this person, that person, that person or that type of person is the enemy and they need to be they need to be dealt with done away with or whatever you're not going to put your family in that situation you're just simply not going to do it if you're a man you're not going to do it and so until whatever needs to work out works out they are going to be in America and in other places where their security is adequate. It's just a damn shame that England doesn't happen to be one of those countries because I bet the Netherlands has their shit together in May. Wherever Harry and Meghan go, they're going to have their security standards what they need to be. Except for in England because, you know, that's a whole different ball game when you talk about a whole entire set of institutions that have pointed at you as being the enemy or some target that a, a newspaper or tabloid can profit from. But here's one thing I know for sure. I'm on my Oprah shit right now. Here's one thing I know for sure. Karma ain't done with you bitches. Trust and believe. Trust and believe. Trust and believe. Karma is living in your house, eating up your food and sleeping in your bed. She's rubbing her hands together like Birdman, just looking at you. You live your karma. 
So as long as you continue to do dirt, dirt will find you. Rest assured. And you know what? I just got to say that that is pretty much all I have for today. Thanks, as always, to all of you for tuning in. Love you and appreciate each of you. If you are new to the podcast or to the YouTube channel, make sure to subscribe so you never miss a video or an episode. Make sure to find me on Instagram at SussexSet. You can also find me on Twitter, where I am the most, uh, at Megan Mood. You can also find your girl, okay, on TikTok. <laughs> uh, shout out to all the people who follow me on TikTok, man. I just hit, uh, I only have one video that hit like a million views, but uh, it's a sweet one. You know, uh, follow me there. You can find me at Sussex Mood. Uh, and you can hit me up on Patreon. And by the way, if I don't, post on YouTube. I'm still posting episodes on Spotify and iTunes. So subscribe to the girl. Okay. Because sometimes I just don't, I have the time to edit and upload a video. Y'all know how I like to try to do my videos and stuff. So, uh, sometimes I don't make it to the tube. You feel me, but I still be putting out episodes. So, uh, definitely hit me out there. And then also I'm going to be putting out again, short form videos like I used to do those are a little bit easier to kind of get up there, especially when there are these like one-off bits of news that are happening that are relevant. Um, because I find that if I don't do that, then I just kind of fall behind with everything. And then it just becomes about like trying to get, just get anything out. And I don't necessarily want to do that. So uh, anyway, until next time, girls and guys, again, thanks for tuning in, take care of yourselves. And I will see you on the next one. Peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me. Kill me.